My name is Matt Morgan. I get to be the lead pastor, and um, I've been to these dumps. And I wish I had the money where I could just go and change all those kids' world. I don't. But I do have the money that can change a lot. I do. I can give one day. And so every day that I work, I manage that. It's into our budget, and we, you know, we do our life. Uh, but there's one day a year where we give all of our wage to these kids. And we give it through Convoy because I started working with Convoy. I met Hal Donaldson about 20 years ago. Uh, we've been partnering since I've come here with Convoy of Hope. And the reason that we do is because they have a very low overhead. It's 8%. Uh, so 92 cents of every dollar goes to the end user. They, they multiply our dollar from $1 to $6 because they partner with Christians all over the world. And so it doesn't matter the denomination, it's just Christians. And so you, it's amazing what they can do. And my one day really does change their every day, those kids. And there's information about Convoy here for you. And what, the way we do this is very non-discreet. You know, uh, we don't have you like write a check and then come up the aisle going, here's my check, you know. And, uh, we, we don't do that kind of thing here at Life Church 360 um, because we do know that there are years where it's like, man, I can't do a whole day's wage. Um, and maybe you can only do 10 bucks because 10 bucks is, it feeds a kid for a month. That's awesome. And uh, that 10 bucks is that, that, that Starbucks. You just might as well call it 10 bucks uh, once you leave your tip. And so uh, really, we could all do something. And, and if, if you want to do that, uh, you can. And you can do it. It's an online thing. You can just give online. Uh, you can put on the check convoy uh, or one day. And, uh, or, you, or you can even send it in, however you want to do it, you can do it. Um, and if you're unable, I just want you to know there is no guilt, there is no shame. Uh, I've been there, and so there's, there's years where I have a lot, there's years where I have hardly anything, and, and so we get it, and we want you to be able to participate if you want to. Uh, we are such a missions church. We exist to help all people build a life-giving relationship with Jesus, and the reason is because Jesus has done that in us. When you look at our staff, uh, for myself, uh, John 10.10 10 is my theme verse. It's the theme verse of our church, that Jesus came to give us a rich and satisfying life, which is not a, an external thing. It's an internal thing. I do believe when we manage our life the way Jesus has maintained it, it will be better on the external as well. But what Jesus did in my family when I was a little boy is he saved it. Saved my parents' marriage. He saved our family. He has saved all of us. And, and so I, just, I get up in the morning going, man, I get to do something that is eternal. And I get to help people know Jesus. And so I just, I love that. And I love that you guys want to do that as well. And, you know, we're going to be going back to Africa. There's a meeting on uh, the 18th of November, 6.30 in the Go Kids room. If you want to find out how do you can get a part of that. Uh, we are giving stuff to our community all the time. You're going to hear what we're going to do for Thanksgiving and for Christmas. And, and the tags are already gone off that tree. We're going to get more tags. Ryan will talk about it later. Uh, but we are a missional church. And, and we have been talking about going all in for Jesus. And, and we have a, a baptismal shirt. You're going to see baptisms at the end of the service today. And you're, you, if you haven't been baptized and you want to, you can get baptized at the end of the service because we have clothes for you. You can do it. Uh, but we have this T-shirt that we give out. Anybody gets baptized, it says, I'm all in. And it's really that poker metaphor where, like, you know, the, the person playing takes all of their chips and they push them to the center and say, I'm all in. I'm betting everything on this hand. And as a follower of Jesus, I push my life to the center of the table, and I say I'm all in. Jesus, 
I'm not half in. I'm not just here so you can keep me from going to hell. I am all in. My life is yours because you paid the highest price for it. And Jesus, I want my life to be about you. Today, talking about all in, I want to talk about missional fortitude. The word fortitude is a noun, a person, place, or thing, but it's proven in a verb form, our actions, the way, what we do. And, and the, it literally means courage in pain and adversity. Anybody want fortitude? Well, I just don't want the pain and adversity. I like the courage part, but it's courage in pain and adversity. And synonyms include strength of mind, strength of character, moral strength, toughness of spirit, firmness of purpose, strong-mindedness, and resilience. I mean, like, I was like, man, if, it, wouldn't that be great to have that on your tombstone? Like, <laughs> this is who, you know, this, this person was. And one of the first things that goes in church ministry, if you start a church or, or you get going as a church, one of the first things that will go, it's actually a fade. They call it mission fade. We fade away from the mission of God because we love being together. We love each other, and we live in a me culture. Our culture is screaming all the time. It's all about you. Have it your way. And, and we literally believe that, that church is just like a restaurant. I go to get fed. Number one reason why Christians leave another church, I wasn't being fed. I mean, really, like, we, we see it as something that is a service that I pay for and do it the way I want it. And we've, we've missed it because literally the step of faith is that, okay, if I give my life away, I will find life. And the American philosophy is no, 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 no. Work, save, get enough to where you don't have to do anything anymore. People will serve you. That's kind of how we're raised. That's really ingrained in us. And it's such a counterintuitive thing to think, you know what? Actually, the way you find life is to give your life away. And you don't experience it unless you actually do it. Jesus, he never played bait and switch. And I don't ever, so like if you're here and you're, you're trying to, like you're looking into Jesus, you wanna find out more about Jesus, you're just gonna be, it's, for you today it's gonna be awesome because you can actually like go, yeah, it'd be cool if Christians were like that. <laughs> Jesus doesn't do bait and switch. He actually starts with, in Matthew 4.19, to the very first disciples, come follow me and I will send you out to fish for people. Now these guys were fishing, like they were fishermen, right? They were working and he says, come follow me, I'm gonna give you new work. He didn't kind of say, come follow me, I'll make your life easy. Come follow me, I'm gonna give you new work. You're going to fish for people, which means you're gonna go out. You're going to go to what is unfamiliar, uncomfortable, and unknown. That, that's what Christians do. And we, we go to places, and, and we do things with people, and, and it can be uncomfortable, and it's unfamiliar, and it's unknown. But like, he, he does this with all of them. The guys start to follow him. He solidifies the 12. In Mark 6, I mean, you're talking not very long after they're following Jesus. He says, then Jesus went around teaching from village to village, calling the 12 to him. He began to send them out two by two. He gave them authority over impure spirits. These were his instructions. Take nothing for the journey except a staff, no bread, no bag, no money, and your belts. This was not going to be a long time. It was just, guys, go try it. Go do it. And they do it. And they come back, and they're just full of life. They have all these questions, and Jesus teaches them more about what they experience. And then there's more disciples. There's, there's in fact, 72 of them 
In Luke 10, look what he does again. Like, just right away. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them out two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. Like, Jesus didn't, like, give this lip service. He meant it for everybody. You're going to share. Think about this. Scripture says that Jesus did not consider equality with God as something that he would cling to. He could have stayed in heaven. King of kings, Lord of lords, created everything. Everything was created through him. He could have stayed there. But it says instead, he was born a slave. Do you know Jesus was actually born into slavery? The Jewish people were slaves to the Romans. And Jesus was born right into it. He could have came any time, but he chose that time. And then he gave his life as a ransom for many on the cross. And he's like, I am a missional God. I See, the difference between Christianity and every other religion is every other religion is you go after God and you prove yourself and your worth to God. In Christianity, God comes after you because you already have worth. You're his. And then he says, now let's go get the rest of them. See, it was no surprise. Matthew 28, Jesus says, uh, he comes to them and he says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. This is like the ace card when your dad says, because I said so. I'm your dad. You know, like, that is, Jesus is like, I have been given all authority in heaven and earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Before he ascends into heaven, in Acts chapter 1, he promises the Holy Spirit. And look, like we just sing the song, Calm down, Spirit, when you move, you make my heart. And we're just sitting here going, Oh, God, I've had a hard week. It's been horrible. Just fill me because I'm really empty. That's true. He will. And we have had a hard week. A lot of us have had a really hard week. I go, man, I need this. But look what Jesus says the Holy Spirit is for. You receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And it's always coupled that he fills you and you spill out on everybody else. That literally that, that feeding you're looking for actually comes from him. And from his word, and that feeling of being filled and having enough, it actually comes from giving it out. That we're not a hot tub, we're a hose. Hot tubs are just, yeah, they're great, they're warm and they're bubbly, but they don't go anywhere. Hoses, boom, they're delivering it. That's what we are, and that's where the rush of the Spirit. If you follow in Acts chapter 2, what happens? The Holy Spirit does fill them with power. Great miracles. If you haven't read Acts chapter 2, check that out. It's amazing. Peter gets up. The same guy that denied Jesus gets up, preaches his first sermon, and 3,000 men give their life to Jesus. And so do their wives and their kids. And they're baptized. We're having baptism at the end of the service. You guys, if you haven't been baptized, seriously, you can go right out to the information counter, get some clothes, get the all-in t-shirt, and you can go all-in for Jesus. And what they were saying is, you guys, I'm all-in. Jesus died on the cross. That's why I go into the water. It's a watery grave. Jesus rose from the grave. That's why I rise out of the grave. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. And guess what my life is about now? Jesus. Jesus, he fills me, and I give that and fill others. Well, the church is growing and growing and growing. It's just like they met together every day and worshiped. They met in each other's homes, and they took the Lord's Supper all the time. They gave like crazy. I mean, these guys, not like just tithes. They gave everything they could give. They wanted to see the mission of Christ happen all over the world. And it's like just going gangbusters, but there was a problem. 
there was a very big problem. And the problem had to be solved, and it was solved by a very big movement. And you might go, oh, movements are so cool. I love movements. Uh, this wasn't a cool movement. Um, the movement was extremely difficult. It was called persecution. The disciples were being arrested. They were being beaten. They were being thrown in jail. Stephen was martyred. They were being killed. And some people who had come to Christ and faith said, that's just too hard for me. I'm out. Other people are like, oh, man, we got to hide. I mean, this is where my house is. This is where my life is. I mean, so we just got to hide. I can't, I mean, I just got to hide. Others of them were just, they just got, we got to run. And as they ran out, they would share the message of Jesus. And the church continued to move. As you study the book of Acts, you see just amazing things happen. And there is a constant. In fact, there's two of them. Here's the first. The church of Jesus has unrelenting fortitude for the mission. Strength, courage under persecution and pain. That toughness of spirit, that firmness of purpose, that strong-mindedness and resilience. Guys, here's the second part. It's par for the course. That's what it's like to be a Christian because we're always in a state of change. And here's the deal. Only 33% of people even like change. The rest of them resist it and hate it. And even those who like change only like it if it makes it better for them. Like, so like, there's this tremendous issue of, of the thing always changing. But change is part of the Christian church. The mission is a movement. You can't remain a movement unless you move, right? I mean, it's not possible. So you're, you're constantly going to be moving because that's what movements do. If you follow the book of Acts, we see the disciples. They're being scattered all over the world. In the middle of the book of Acts, this guy named Paul his name was Saul. He was persecuting Christians. He was there when Stephen was martyred. Jesus gets a hold of his heart, and Paul's like going, I'll go wherever he wants me to go. I've seen him. I'm telling you right now. we got to get out of here, guys. We can't stay where we are. We've got to move. And they, they pray, and the Holy Spirit says, yeah, send him and Barnabas, like missionary journey. And they go on this missionary journey. And along this missionary journey, they meet this guy named John Mark, and John Mark gets all excited. And so they take John Mark, but John Mark, according to Paul, abandons them in Pamphylia right? They also meet this young kid named Timothy, and Paul really likes this kid named Timothy, and they come back from the first missionary journey, and they're getting ready to go on the second missionary journey, and Paul says, we're going to take Timothy. We're not taking John Mark. And Barnabas goes, no, we're taking John Mark. We got to take John Mark. No, he abandoned us. They, the scriptures say they disagreed so sharply that they split ways. Barnabas, he took John Mark. Paul took Timothy, and guess what happened? The gospel multiplied even more. It multiplied even more. Later on in Paul's life, guess who he calls for? John Mark and Barnabas. So like there was a sharp disagreement, but they made up, and God continues to see his church. Now, when Paul ends these missionary journeys, he writes these churches letters. They're known as the Pauline epistles. Better yet, a third of the New Testament. They're amazing. And the Apostle Paul, he writes and he, he begins and he ends each letter the same way. Which, when I was in Bible college, I just got to be really, you know, transparent here, bothers me. I had to take a class called Bible Survey. And you do it in your first year of Bible college. And it's literally, you read the entire Bible in one quarter. 
And that's, that's not a big deal if that's your only class, but if you're taking history and English and science, you're doing this, and, and you have to sign it, because Bible college, they'll make you sign this thing, you read every word, which is great when you're in the genealogies of Matthew or numbers and, you know, all this kind of, you're like going, oh my goodness, this is killing me. Well, you get, and, and Paul's letters are very exciting because they're instruction to the church, but he begins and he ends with this personal stuff. And I'm just kind of like going, Paul, I don't have time for this. Maybe you've read these, you're going, yeah, what's the personal stuff about? I mean, just give me the stuff that belongs to me. Uh, like, give, me, give me an example, Romans 1. I'm writing to all of you in Rome who are loved by God and are called to be his own people. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Which is great, because you like go, oh, well, this applies to me too. But he was actually writing to the church in Rome. And then he ends the church in Rome. He says, I commend to you our sister Phoebe, who is a deacon in the church in Centuria. Welcome her in the Lord as one who is worthy of honoring uh, among God's people. Help her in whatever she needs, for she has been helpful to many and especially to me. Give my greetings to Priscilla and Aquila, my co-workers in the ministry of Christ Jesus. In fact, they once risked their lives for me. I'm thankful to them, and so are all the Gentile churches. Also give my greetings to the church that meets in, her, in their home. And it goes on, the entire chapter of 16 is Paul's personal, I'm like going, Come on, Paul, I've got some stuff to do. I've got to do English and I've got to do history. And, and, like, and even still, I read this stuff and I'm going, why do we need to read about Paul's personal friendships? Well, I think it's because it's important. I think it illustrates to us part of the mission. Paul has met people, led some people to Jesus ministered alongside them, risked their lives together, and he loves them. He cares about them. Over the years, Tina and I have served in five different churches. Do you know who some of our best friends are in life? People in those churches. They still are. We talk all the time. You know, why? I bet you have friends that, that like you've met along your journey, Right? And you're like going, man, I love you. Peace and grace to you. You ever say that to your friends? Because like they're going through something hard. It's like grace and peace to you. And, and then, man, I just, I commend this person. And I think this person's fantastic. And I want to celebrate what God's done in and through them. And, and we just want to thank them. Why? Because you love them very, very much. Over this past month, God has just been putting that on my heart. Like this is such an important thing. Which leads me to my second point. It's the same as the first point. The church of Jesus has unrelenting fortitude for the mission. It does. We, it, it's going to change. And, and there's going to be people in our life that we just grow and, and we see more and more relationships. And we have this fortitude for the mission and that toughness of spirit, that firmness of purpose, that strong-mindedness and resilience. They're par for the course because the church of Jesus is always in a state of change. Over the past three years at Life Church 360, we have had a more than normal turnover in our staff. I think COVID has been really rough on, on all of that. That's been hard for everybody. But some of our turnover has been hard but joyous. Like, you know, when our children's directors, they, two of them, their, their husbands got different jobs in, in different states. And so we just celebrate good for you guys, you know. But it's kind of sad because they're, they're moving away. Uh, some of them are difficult, like the one between Paul and Barnabas. And I just pray in those times, like, oh, God, help us be unified by the end of this thing. And in heaven, we're all getting along because I know that that's what you're going to have us do in heaven anyway, uh, because there won't be any disunity up there. So, Lord, just walk us through those difficult ones. Some of the transition is we, we needed to make transitions because of needs of Life Church 360. And some of them are hard 
But at the same time, they're joyous because God calls a person to go do something else in his kingdom. Like my nephew Stephen, who's our youth pastor, phenomenal youth pastor. He's for seven years. God's called him to be a lead guy, and that's what he's doing now in Montana. It's super exciting, but it's also kind of sad. But that's just kind of part of church ministry. And what we have this resilience. We have this fortitude. Why? Because it's about the mission. It's not about us four and no more. It's about everybody. Well, we have a staff change happening this month, and it's of the latter. It's hard, while at the same time, it's joyous. And uh, I'd like, actually, to invite Ryan Gano to our stage so that he can share with you what's going on in his life. Would you welcome Ryan Gano to our stage? Yes. Thank hey. you. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, I just want to let you guys know, first of all, Pastor Matt is so generous. I asked him how long he wanted me to speak, and he said, no more than 40 minutes. Yeah, I'm going to go sit down. So <laughs> I, I thought I'd cut it down a little bit, but I know this is second service, so you guys have all afternoon. So yeah, uh, just fine. get comfortable. <laughs> uh, no, we, uh, my wife and, and my kids and I have been at this church for almost eight years. And yeah. we sit down and look at the calendar, and it's like, wow. Uh, we sat in, in a row, and we just kind of watched what was going on. And uh, we got involved, and we continue to get involved. And then we moved into this area of involvement and that area of involvement. And uh, God has continued to, uh, I would say, expand my influence and put me where he wanted me in very critical and crucial moments and areas. And it was great. And things are going great. And uh, about four weeks ago, maybe five weeks ago, um, I was sitting here in service, and God just very clearly said to me during the middle of service, he said, your season here is done. Your, your time here at Life Church 360 is done. And my first answer was, why? Uh, what, you know, what now? And, um, and, and here's the deal, you guys. I love Life Church 360. My family loves Life Church 360. You can see, they, they've, I have one kid who was sitting with me first service, now she's serving. Another yeah. kid who was serving first service, now he's sitting over here. Like, another kid serving in Montana. Like, this is, this is our, our lifeblood. And uh, we are moving on in ministry, and I get a couple of questions. So I'll, I'll answer my two questions that I think a lot of people who know me are going to want to ask. So I'll just answer them right off the bat. Are Matt and I okay? Is there an issue between me and Matt, or is there an issue going on? Matt and I are great. Yeah. Uh, we love working together. It's been awesome. I love Life Church 360. In fact, it's so special to me yeah. that baptisms are today, because one of the uh, the things that I've been thinking about over these last few weeks is all four of my children were baptized at Life Church 360. Right? This is a very, very special place for me. And then, even today. Matt didn't even know this first service. I was asked to baptize one of the kids, and it's one of the kids that I ministered to, to in Go Kids yeah, uh, several on. years. So it's really, like, this is a very yes. special place. So are we okay? Yes. Everything, we're, it's awesome. Very excited for what Life Church 360 is going to do. The next question is, where are we going? And that one, I don't know. Uh, we don't know exactly what our next step looks like. I've, I feel like a little bit like Abraham. Uh, when God said, go to a place I will send you, I'm like, but just send me. God, like, tell me, email me, call me, text me, whatever you need to do. But, but God said, uh, I'm going to send you. So we are, over the next several weeks, uh, my last day is uh, the 30th of November, so a couple weeks more, uh, we are going to be just looking at what is in this area. I really feel like God wants us to do what we did here, 
somewhere else, in, in another church, uh, and really be ministers to those people. So we're very excited about it, very nervous, uh, and very excited for what Life Church 360's got ahead of them. Yeah, thank you very much. Come on, you guys. These guys showed up right after we moved in here. So our entire church came up here to serve, and it was like they'd been with us forever. They just jumped in. And, and he would say things like, gain no serve. I love, we have some Morgan things where we say Morgans, you know, are generous or different things. Ganos serve. And he doesn't just like go, Lisa and I serve. No, the Ganos, they all serve. Their kids serve. They are such an intricate part of the church. And, and when I think of this whole idea of missional fortitude, courage in pain or adversity, strength of mind, strength of character, moral strength, toughness of spirit, firmness of purpose, strong mindedness, and resilience, that's you, bro. And here's the deal. Ryan, he, he was just serving anywhere he could serve. And I was like, would you join our board? Join the board. Was it three or four years ago? Or five. You know, time flies when you're having fun. And, and it didn't take long where I started begging him to be on staff. It took, took till 2020 to get him to actually do it. And, uh, and, and then at the beginning of 2020, he was going to come on in January 2020, uh, but y'all know what happened. And so he's like, you know, financially, we don't even know if we're going to be able to pay the bills. Why don't we wait? And he said, but you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to volunteer 20 hours a week in the office. For half of 2020, Ryan volunteered for 20 hours a week in our office and worked his full-time job. And, and I let Ryan know this in front of our staff, uh, in front of our board, and I want you to, again, you are leaving this place better than you found it. Yeah, you're leaving it better than you found it. And he's, that's my goal. I didn't know that would be so impactful to him. He's, he's like, it, made, it just like, that's been our goal. And, and I gotta tell you, there is probably nobody that I know of that could have helped me and our church walk through last year. The, the, the inflammation of society and, and the church in general has been such a, a, a tumultuous thing in leadership. Uh, and Ryan was able to, from a first of all volunteer perspective, you know, speak life in, and then come into staff and go, whoa, hey, we've got to work on some of this stuff, and, and be able to say things and work with me in ways that I needed him to do that. Uh, and I've got to tell you, he's leaving me better than he found me. And I, I think that's an amazing gift, and I want to really celebrate that. You guys, this is biblical. Well, no, it's not biblical because we're a family. The family of God should never change. How many of you live with your brother or your sister or your parents? You don't. Why? Not healthy, right? And we have families and we grow, and now my kids are growing up and they're moving. I was like going, what in the world's going on here? But that's normal. In Acts 8, 29, the Holy Spirit instructs Philip to walk alongside the Ethiopian eunuch's carriage. He doesn't even know why. He just says, go walk. He says, okay, I did. And guess what happens? He leads the Ethiopian eunuch to Christ. And guess where the gospel goes? Ethiopia. Pretty awesome. That's, and, and, and the Holy Spirit leads Peter to Cornelius' house in Acts chapter 10. And guess who gets the baptism of the Holy Spirit? This is important to you if you're not Jewish. The Gentiles. Yeah, you want to talk about racism? It was big time. 
in the Bible. The Gentiles get the gospel of Jesus and God accepts them and gives them the Holy Spirit. You and I have Jesus because Peter's obedience. In Acts 16, the Holy Spirit prevents the Apostle Paul from ministering in Asia twice for just a short time. And then he says, you can go. It's actually very biblical. And it was so hard for me when, when Ryan said to me, it was actually on a Sunday after church, that this is what God has like said to me. And I, I, it was the week after that I'm like going, ah, wait a minute. And then I prayed, it's like, no, this is okay. God's not a lose-win God or a win-lose God. He is a win-win God. And if he has the Ganos going to another church to do what they have done here, it's going to really strengthen his body, but he's not going to go, well, now Life Church 360 is out in the cold. No, he's actually got something for here too. We're already interviewing. And guess who's helping me interview the next executive pastor? Right. Are things good here? Yeah, they're good here. They're great here. But it's normal and, and my mentor and one of my, my strongest friends in life, his name is Mike Brima, and, and I got to work for him in Coeur d'Alene, and he would always say this, as followers of Jesus, we have two options. Option one, obedience. Option two, disobedience. James says, anyone, know, anyone who knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, sins. We just have obedience or disobedience. There are no ladders of success to climb in ministry. There just aren't any. God just calls you to do what you do and you either are obedient or you don't. There are no hills or flags that bear our names because there's one hill that bears the name of Jesus and that's the only name that matters because it's the only name that will change eternity for anybody. And that's what we're here for. We have been bought at the highest price. We have been adopted, and we are full-fledged citizens of God, gifted children of His. Obedience or disobedience? The reality is this, and this is why I'm preaching the message. If you didn't receive Jesus at Life Church 360, you have most likely come from a different church. And that's okay. It's okay. At Life Church 360, we hold everybody with an open hand. I don't own you. You're, you're God's kids. Where God wants you to go, you should go. But wherever you've come from and wherever you go next, leave it better than you found it. The reason to go to another church is not because you weren't getting fed. I hear that so much and I want to throw up. You're an adult. You should be able to feed yourself. I'm not trying to be rude. I mean it. If you don't know how to read the Bible, we'll teach you. It'll feed you. It is God's living word. You should be reading it on a regular basis. If you don't know how to pray and worship, we'll teach you. Because what God wants to do is he wants to fill each of his children up so full of him that they could take the step of faith and give it away and experience what it's like to have it rejuvenated in them. We're not a hot tub, we're a hose. Hot tubs get funky. Some churches are so funky because they've never had any new water going into them. Seriously. So how do you leave a church well? You just say, God, what do you want me to do? 
God, where do you want me to be? And if you feel God stirring, Ryan said, hey, I just want you to know God's called me to go somewhere else, man. And first thing you need to know is things are good with you and me. And things are good in the staff, man. I love you. I love our staff. I love what's going on. I, I can't say it's, it's better than it's been in a long, long time. I just love it. I just know God's calling me somewhere else, so thank you. You could say to the pastor that you, you've gone from the church, you could say, listen, I want you to know, pastor, that I love you. And I'm so thankful for the investment that you've had in our family and in my life. And I just wanted you to know that we just feel like God's really stirring us to go, to go serve and be a part of his kingdom somewhere else. We want to bless you in that. Now, if, if that person doesn't handle it very well, that's on them. But you leave it better than you found it. And just really bless them. And then when you go to the new church, don't badmouth the old church. Right? Because that, that, that old church is the bride of Christ. That'd be like telling somebody you hate their wife. They wouldn't like you very much. And so, like, really leave it well. Leave it well, and then begin it well, and then serve well, and just follow obedience. And, and I want to just leave you with some questions today as we get ready for baptism. And if you'd like to get baptized, seriously, slip out because you're going to run out of time if you don't do it quickly. And so we want you to do that. And if the kids are outside and they want to come in, bring them in. That's great. I want to have you some questions. Here's the questions for you as the kids come on. You guys, welcome. Give these kids a hand. Come on, you guys. You can, you can bring them all the way up here, Matt. It's okay. Here's the questions. Am I a church attender or am I part of the mission of Jesus? You guys, hear the question. I want you to ask it to yourself. Am I a church attender or am I part of the mission of Jesus? Number two, am I just looking for a place to get fed or am I being fed by Jesus and then giving to others out of an overflow of his blessing in my life? Am I just looking to get fed? Am I looking for the Christian buffet? Or am I part of helping others be nourished in Christ? You might say, well, how can I become part of the mission? Here's two ways. Number one, join a team. Some of you, when these kids walked in the room, you know, they're going, oh, I just love kids. This is awesome. Look at how cute those kids are. They're awesome. You should be in children's ministry. Just letting you know. There you go. Seriously, because you like them. Now, if you thought, what are these kids doing in here? Don't go to this one, all right? If you love coffee and you love, like, blessing people with that disgusting aroma, go join that. I don't like coffee, if you guys don't know me. It's, my, it's a joke. If you're a person that's never met a stranger and you have that face that should be on every brochure of a welcoming of any business, get in the guest services team. If you want to work behind the scenes and you don't really like talking to people, don't do that. Get on the food ministry team that happens on Saturdays. Get on the cleaning team that happens clean. Like there's so many things you could do to be a part of the mission here at Life Church 360. And I say to people who are Christians who come from other churches, welcome to the mission. I say to people who aren't Christians and are checking Jesus out, welcome to the mission. Everybody can be a part of it. Everybody can be a part of it. Another way you can join the mission is to faithfully give your tithes and your offerings. Because you guys, it's because of that that we're able to do everything that we do. 
I, Brad told me this, our youth pastor. He said, you, you guys, we had this little button when people sign their kids up to camp, because some of you are doing that. You're signing your kids up for the early bird registration. We have, a, we have a, a button that says donate to camp scholarships. Many of you who are signing your own kids up are donating money so that kids who can't pay can go. Like, isn't that cool? And we had one single mom who said, I'm actually going to become a single mom here in the next couple of months. I have four kids, and I want my high school son to go to, to, go to camp. And we said, pack your bags. Our church covered it already. Isn't that cool? So we get to do that kind of stuff. We're going to do some baptisms, and then Ryan's going to close out the service. I'm going to pray, and I won't be very long because I, I know you guys like want to see some baptisms, right? You have beautiful eyes. Lord Jesus, I pray you bless these kids, and I pray you'd help us bless these kids and all kids around the world. I pray, Father, as these people are being baptized, we celebrate with them what you've done in their heart. And we pray, Father, that we would see hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people go through this tank because their life has been changed for you forever. In Jesus' name, amen.